Welcome, this is Bible Studies for Life for Adults. I'm Lynn Pryor, and joining me is my co-host, Chris Johnson. And we are in the study, a new study called Dealing with Messy Relationships. Uh, the first session is going to be simply called Love. And Chris, here in the studio with us is Ben Mandrell. Ben is our president and CEO at Lifeway, but there's another reason he's also in the studio with us, not just because he's our boss's 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 boss. <laughs> Head cheese. Yeah, the head cheese. Ben wrote this study. So, Ben, we're glad you're in the, you're in the studio with us. Thank you. And I, I loved writing this study because anyone who says they've mastered relationships is lying to you. So it was really it was good for me to write it to be reminded of some of these great truths about how to really build strong relationships with people. It's what life's all about. That's right. And as we're, the study is, it's dealing with messy relationships, something that all of us have. Probably some of us, there's some messy relationships right now. So we're made to live in relationship. That's how God created us. We're interconnected. So uh, it's important, I think, for all of our people to take a look and evaluate their relationships as we go through this study together. So this is a study called Love. And our point for the study, what we want to really focus on in this is that love, it's going to permeate all relationships, good ones and messy ones. They all have the tendency to, to be messy. It can get that way if we're not careful. We need to understand the relationships that we're in. And one of the things that you pointed out is we have to pay attention to the details. We have to, we're told, don't sweat the small stuff. Well, every relationship is fragile, every single one. It's something you have to really continue to monitor and build. I mean, it's not like with marriage. You can have a really great week together, and then the next week you can just slack off and let the relationship go into cruise control. It's something that we all feel a pressure to continue to monitor and manage our relationships. And so, you know, Paul says love is the, the greatest thing. So what a great way to start this conversation. Right. So we're going to be in John 15 to talk about love, what Jesus said about love, how uh, what it it impacts our relationships. So you guys get us into this. We're going to be uh, starting in verse 9. Let me just read this uh, quickly, and I want to hear you guys talk about this. Uh, John 15, 9, where Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Now, there's a word here I keep that comes up a lot in John 15, and that's the word remain. Uh, you guys, what is what is that word? Help help us unpack that word. Yeah, it's a lot like, you know, in some translations it says abide. The idea of abiding, mm -hmm. I think it means continuous connection. And our relationship with Christ can easily become disconnected because we turn our eyes and focus on other things. And so just like someone who has a warm devotional life is constantly reconnecting to the vine, Every relationship that is strong has that constant reconnection. And so remaining is part of relationship building, right? Sure. All of our relationships are dependent upon that staying connected, uh, be, being in that abiding relationship with each other. So good word, good word. That word remain, I've always preferred abide. I didn't get a say on this one. Yeah, you're showing your age there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so what we're seeing in this passage is that, yes, we need to have love in our relationships with other people, but that love is grounded in God's love for us. Then he says to us, it's, a, it's so important that we understand that obedience is key, that we are acting, we're doing this love thing, we're making it a daily part of our lives. You know, if I was a group leader at this point, I'd probably talk about what makes it difficult to remain in Christ? Because mm. that same obstacle is probably what makes it difficult to remain warm in marriage or with a close friend. It's 
the distractions and the missed priorities. Uh, we live in a world where we're constantly being pulled away from the main things. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I, I read a book about margin a couple of years ago and how when the light bulb became revolutionary, it allowed us to work into the evening. Right. And it changed the fact that you could, at the end of the day, shut it down and go home because if we didn't have any light bulbs, now we have so many things that allow us to work all day, all night. And with that, we forget to work on relationships. That's right. And, and how Hollywood hasn't helped us this with the the, uh, the movies and the, and the picture of romance that if you just fall in love, the birds are going to come out, the butterflies, and, you know, music's going to play, and you don't have to do anything else because you love. Right. As a friend of mine once said, you know, that the, the uh, moonlight and roses often quickly turns into daylight and dishes, and you just <laughs> got to work at it. I think the latest study I saw was 18 months before the honeymoon effect wears off normally, and then it's just work. Right. And, you know, we, we reap what we sow. And so if we keep sowing into the relationship, we reap from it. But it doesn't just automatically appear. That's right. And let's keep in mind, this is not just a uh, Bible study about, you know, marriages. Th- this really applies to all relationships, that I have to keep working at that relationship to keep it strong by loving the other person. One of the principles I learned over the years is, is this principle called the conversation is the relationship. Hmm. If you think about that, the quality of the conversations you have with the person really do dictate the quality of the relationship. So whether this is a close friend who lives cross country or somebody I work with, if we keep having quality relationships, we stay close. When those begin to fall off, we begin to drift apart. So that remaining or abiding often has to do with a commitment to communicate. Right. Well, I, I see the spiritual connection there. But yeah. I got to keep communicating, communicating, communing with my father on that. It's really important for groups to understand this concept, too, that we're, we get together and we do Bible study together, but we have to remain. We have to continue to work at this relationship. I think that's sometimes why we have difficulties in the church. We just show up and then go home and do something else. Right. That's right. I heard it said once, we reap what we sow, but we also reap where we sow. <laughs> so when groups only get together occasionally and they don't meet off the clock, that relationship is not going to go deep. It's going to remain at that shallow level until you make a commitment to take the communication further. Right. But the key is what we often stumble on is when there is that something happens messy, instead of me stepping in to do what I can to fix it, we we tend to back off. I mean, we see this in social media. Someone disagrees with me, I just unfriend them. Write them off. <laughs> right. And uh, you don't see that anywhere in what Jesus is talking about love. It's, you know, you're there for the long haul. It's that idea, once again, you're going to remain, you're going to stick there through thick and thin. Jesus, in the next part of this passage, talks about joy and his desire for us to experience joy, the joy that he has, that he wants us to have, and he wants our relationships to be known for joy. Uh, he wants our joy to be complete, mature, fulfilled. Then he says, this is my command, love one another as I have loved you. So what does love look like in a relationship? It looks like how Jesus loves, right? And joy is a natural byproduct of loving well. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, it really is. I mean, we think about what the foundations that we build our life on. So often the temptation is to build that on work or performance in my job or making more money than I made last year. There's these scorecards we put in front, but... Show me somebody who does a great job at work but has poor relationships. They're not a joyful person because they always have to ride on the identity of how I'm performing at work. But relationships should permeate and be a greater priority than even our work. 
That's well said. Joy is the byproduct of loving well. Did yep. I say that right? That's right. That's good. I'm going to get a T-shirt wow. or a bumper sticker. <laughs> That's good. Then Jesus, we're reminded that he said by, by his words that he says, uh, by this will you know, uh, greater, excuse me, greater love has no man than this, and a man lays down his life for his friends. So he doesn't just tell us to be friends and to love, but then he shows us how and mm-hmm. what his expectations are. That is a game changer. And, you know, we think, well, uh, yeah, sure, I'm called to sacrifice, but I'm not Jesus. I can't sacrifice like him. That's not what it says. It says we are to be like him. Uh, greater love has no one to lay down his life for his friends. He showed us an example. Now, my sacrifice may not be as extreme, but there's still a call for sacrifice on my part. I love the way the, you know, we always say this when, we're, when, when you're dating, when you're, you're, in your, you're falling in love, or at least you're in like, you know, just, you know, I'll go to the moon for you. We have that kind of passion in our romance. And, you know, after you get married after a while, you, you know, the wife can't get you to, you know, take the trash out. And uh, so there's, once again, that continually abiding, but continually sacrificing for the sake of that relationship. And since we're talking in a group's context, it's so important to say that people aren't looking for a friendly church. They're looking for friends. That's really Good true. point. And if you're not making sacrifices for one another within your group, you're not building that loyalty and trust and friendship. And so I think in every group, there really should be somebody who's looking after the ministry needs of the group. And how, how can we minister to one another, not just consume content or talk about the Bible? How do we live it out practically and in a devoted way? with one another. Those always lead to the best group experiences. You did a great job in the session of talking about what does it look like to sacrifice for your spouse, for your kids, for your friends, for the person in your group. Good reminders for us. And as you're talking about it, and even your own private reading, if you're assuming you're reading the personal study guide, get to that last page where it talks about how we live this out. Ben has given us some just practical suggestions. Well, if I'm supposed to love like Jesus, what would that look like? And he's just giving us some very practical ideas. And it, you, it may generate another thought in your head, but this is one way I can love like Jesus loved. Thanks, Ben. Those are some great tips that you've, you've, you've given us there. Hope they're helpful. Well, I do. So one of the things that we want to do as a part of this podcast is to talk about some of the tools and some of the abilities that we have available to us. And so we know that some of you are, are listening to this just to stay connected to what you're, what you're studying. But we also know that we have some leaders of groups. So hang around if you're a group leader so we can talk about some tips for this, uh, for this session. Right. But before Chris is going to share a tip with us, let me just uh, tell you leaders about some other resources that you may not be aware of that are part of Bible Studies for Life. I think in our leader guide, we give you some great commentary but there are people that want more. Give me more meat to go with this. More, um, Unpack it some more. We have two supplemental commentaries. One's called Advanced Bible Study. One's called the Herschel Hobbes Commentary. And it is, uh, it's not going to have discussion questions. It's not going to have anecdotal material. It is just digging into the words of Scripture. Now, what's the difference between the two? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the, the difference is advanced is really built off the CSB uh, translation. The Herschel Hobbes is built off the King James. They're both takes a lot deeper. And actually what I've discovered as I visit around Bible study groups, uh, I remember one class I walked into, every one of them in their hands had a copy of advanced Bible study. That's what they were using for their personal study guide because they all love the depth, uh, the, getting a little deeper into the word. So I just mentioned that to you leaders, something you might want to just check out, advanced Bible study or Herschel Hobbes commentary. 
Now, Chris, you got a tip for us? I do. I want to encourage you, if you lead a group, to, to take advantage of how Bible Studies for Life was built for you to be successful. So, Ben, you're new to this Lifeway gig, and we're, we're helping <laughs> you to understand who we are and what we do, what are, what are the distinctives of what we do. Bible Studies for Life are built around five discussion questions. So there's one point that we want to get across. It's all about love. Lynn mentioned that to, to us, that to us a few minutes ago. But there are five questions that we want you to use to have a conversation. We, we work to create these questions so that they facilitate a conversation. So they're not yes and no. They're not what does the Bible, how do I, how, what does the Bible say? And, and given the Bible answers, it's what does this mean to me? How can I apply this? So we start with a, an icebreaker and then we kind of ease into it, but we ask questions that will cause you, your, the people in your group to think about it, to think about their experience. Sometimes we're asking them to, uh, when have you seen this? When have you done this? Uh, look at examples in your life. So these are all the things that we do. And these, this study is built around questions that will help you to have a conversation. Now, almost everyone will say they don't want a lecture. They want to, they want to be a part of a discussion group. We have given you questions to help you do that. That's great. And I, I've had with my group where I've had actually kind of shut off the conversations. Okay, well, let's dig some more on. The, let's go further into the scripture, uh, because they they just want to you get some talking. Yeah. So thanks, Chris. Uh, I appreciate you reminding us that. And we are glad that you joined us for this uh, episode of Bible Studies for Life for Adults. And uh, just let me remind you to go ahead and subscribe to uh, listen to this every week as we prepare. And uh, Ben, thank you again for joining us for this podcast. And uh, hope you guys have a great week.